1: The Chumba life is
0: for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where will I go on my mission? My mission. Will it be China or Old Mexico on my mission? My mission. You where they say good day, but I pray I'm sent to my favorite place. Orlando, Orlando, I love you, oh, Orlando, SeaWorld, World, Disney, and Pod Pod Golf.
1: Welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. We are back after a little holiday break, but Good to be back. Luke Giardi here with you, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We are here with you on Monday night, headed into Tuesday, previewing the big Citrus Bowl, Michigan, taking on Bama. And this is an odd podcast because I'm the lucky one. I'm the lone guy stuck in the uh, snowy state of Michigan here. My two uh, compadres, eh, both Anthony and Chris, down in Florida, soaking up the sun. What's happening, guys?
2: Uh, it's great. 75 And uh, a little gloomy today, uh, but it's better than Michigan. I have someone watching my dog right now, and they sent me or I saw like a like an Instagram video of her like walking the dog, and it's so windy in Michigan right now. There's literally just like trash blowing through my street. Like um, it looks like East Lansing, uh, honestly. So um, glad to be here. I did a I did a radio hit from the near the pool today. Life is pretty good. So. Uh, I had the flu over the weekend, but I rebounded in enough time to make it to Orlando. So glad to be here, and glad to, uh, you know, we're separated by like twelve hundred miles, probably more than that, since you're in the UP. But uh, you know, you're, you're still, you're still right here in my heart, sir. Thank you, thank
1: you, Chris. How you doing, man?
3: <laughs> i I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm in uh, Saint Petersburg, not. Uh going to the game uh i'm about 90 minutes away from where anthony is right now i hope everyone out there had a very uh happy uh merry christmas and uh hopefully a a good new year coming up and yeah we're a couple days away after what feels like forever this thing was forever ago this thing was announced a lot of bowl games have already been played a lot of dominoes have already fallen but this has been and we'll talk about this i feel like a surprise maybe not surprisingly but a a a nice sign with how quiet things have been out of the Michigan camp. I feel like over the last couple of years, you know, the uh, Florida State game a couple of years ago, there were talk about Pep- Jabriel Pepper's injury. Was he going to play? Was he not? I feel like that's kind of been a running theme throughout several of uh, – or throughout the last several game appearances. I feel like – are kind of quiet on Michigan's camp, and which hopefully will be a positive because they got a tall task ahead of them going up against Bama here in just a couple days.
1: Well, speaking of that, let's uh, talk with Anthony, our insider, you know, our lovely managing editor at the site of Maze and Brew. Uh, what, what is the story with uh, Michael Dwumford? Didn't make the trip down to Orlando. Was was this an
2: injury, Anthony? Uh, Yeah, it sounds like to me uh, he. So, this is how this all started. Uh, I think. One of the guys that may have been either Isaiah Hole or Chris Ballas—I forget where I saw it first—but uh, Michael Dwumfor had posted on Sunday on Instagram that he was at the Lions-Packers uh, game in Detroit, which you know led some people to speculate what's going on there. What's going on? And you know, not that I'm going to bemoan the access that Michigan gives us, but this is again where sort of a lack of access at times kind of creates speculation uh but basically all it is is dwem for you guys remember he injured his shoulder i believe it's a labrum injury on the very first play of the season against middle tennessee he was able to come back he fought his way through it but um decided to have surgery on it after the season and uh you know he'll he's expects to you know come back next year be fine but uh he's not with the team in orlando and he will not play and uh Carlo Kemp is also, from what I understand, a little bit banged up. So could potentially be looking at a situation where, you know, Chris Hinton and Jess Spate are, you know, maybe your two starting defensive tackles in this game. Um, So, yeah, not ideal. uh, But, hey, Chris Hinton, Mozzie Smith, the chance to get those guys some reps. I think Carlo Kemp will play. I saw him earlier today. You know, they had Kids Day where this is actually kind of interesting. You talk about drama. So – a lot of times at these events, so at this Kids Day, it was at a, a theme park down the street. They matched a Michigan player and an Alabama player with a kid, so it'd be the two players and a kid like riding these rides all day. So the guys were actually like both teams were kind of spending time with each other, and you know, it, to you know, nothing ever got heated, and everything was pretty friendly and, and cordial. So um, anyone looking for fireworks between the two teams. Probably a little disappointed in that regard, but uh, Carlo Kemp, I saw him earlier. Most of the team was there. I, a lot of these events are semi-optional, uh, but most of the team was there earlier, and uh, he seemed to be moving around fine. So, um, outside of that, talk about drama, anything like that? Like, I won't. I think that this will be relatively drama-free entering Wednesday's game. I think there's an outside chance there might be something that kind of creeps up on us, uh, before Wednesday's game. Again, I I can't, I can address that off pod, but it's, it's not something that is even, it's more of a hunch that I have as opposed to something I should put out there as something that might be happening, but, um, nothing, nothing serious at all. Just like I said, relatively drama free, but always leave the door open for something unexpected to happen, but nobody else is sitting out. That's not injured. Alabama only has, I think, Travon Diggs and, and I forget the other player. It's gonna be, um, you no, know, gonna be all hands on deck. I saw Jerry Judy Henry Ruggs running around the theme park today. So, uh, pretty. You know, that that's what I have to take away so far. So, with that
1: being said, how are you guys feeling going into Wednesday's matchup, Chris? Uh,
3: well, first first off, I just uh, going back to Anthony's point. How I feel like the first play of Michigan's season was a microcosm of how this entire season was going to turn out. The first play of the year, you have Dwumford du- and Patterson injuring themselves. And while Shea, I think, probably got closer to 100% or more close to 100% than Dwumford did, uh, just, I mean, a season with such high expectations. And the first play, you have two of your best players get injured. Kind of a sign of things to come as far as the fortunes of the Michigan Wolverines this year. Uh, as far as how I'm feeling, I mean, look, I, I don't – this is as – uh, I, I've this is as unified as I've ever seen the Michigan fan base and they're almost completely unified in the sense that almost unanimously people are kind of coming into this game with a uh, a very blase you know brace bracing for impact type of attitude this has been a very draining season I feel like even more so than maybe not two years ago but it definitely more so than last year um, a lot of a lot of things it's been a roller coaster you know this team went from looking like an offense that couldn't score two touchdowns to being one that was putting up 30 40 points a game and then you play your best football going into Ohio State and you get pounded again Uh, this has been a season that's absolutely been all over the map and I think people are kind of coming into this into this particular game almost with a uh, all right, let's get this thing over with. Type of mentality, which is, I think, almost what people had last year as well. You lose to Ohio State, you know, in that off in in the horseshoe in terrible fashion. Uh, I think, and you saw that reflected with the players. You, you felt like last year, despite missing the three guys or two or three guys that they were missing, who decided to skip. It didn't seem like the effort was 100% there uh, in in that Cotton Bowl last year. Now you hope. Uh, This year, things are different because this is a, a better opportunity, maybe not a better game, but a better opportunity for Michigan this year than it was last season. You get a chance to get to 10 wins, which, well, once again, still in underachievement, considering the expectations, is absolutely something you could hang your hat on and absolutely something you could build your program around with that consistency. And you have the opportunity to knock off Alabama, which is still, until further notice, absolutely going to continue to be the cream of the crop in college football. This year they had a a, a minor step backwards. They still had a season that 90% of college football programs would take in their sleep and 90% of programs have probably never had uh, and Michigan's gonna try to knock them off. And it would be it, it's a low risk, high reward thing. We've kind of talked about that with this team in this particular game. But I think the fan base in general uh, is coming into this with a lot of pessimism. And based on the way this season has gone and based on the way that a lot of big games that have been played under the under the Harbaugh era have gone, that's completely understandable.
1: Well, let me ask you guys this, kind of piggybacking off that a little bit, Chris., um, In a game like this, you're going up against Bama. Do you think that this has the potential to be a very big victory just for the psyche of the program as a whole? I don't even know if that's a thing. But we've seen, you know, this year we saw Michigan come out against Ohio State and just make stupid mistakes almost like they were too tense going up against them because of the recent history do you think that this game a win against Alabama could provide a potential confidence boost for the program a much needed one to say you know what we really can't compete with anyone we just have to you know go out there and not play dumb
3: well I think that this season in general you're right I think that this year and over these last couple of years going into games like this a lot of fans have like i said about this game have kind of been bracing for impact and and preparing for the worst i think to kind of oh god i don't even mean this as a pun intended turn the tide in that uh <laughs> per, per, thank you Boo. in that yeah no i'll, I'll accept that I, I i was building up to that and i didn't even know it Uh, I think it would be a a major step in the right direction because Michigan has had at this point a long line of uh, coming up short in games like this. And to be able to kind of get that monkey off your back and say, hey, look, maybe we're not in the uh, maybe we're not an elite program yet, but we have the capability under the right circumstances to play elite football uh, would be would be a tremendous thing going forward and I think for recruits it, it would it would mean a lot and this is going to be one of the most watched bowl games of the entire season say what you will about Michigan and say and Bama but this is a huge matchup that a lot of people are going to watch and to like I said turn the tide and be able to get a victory in a game like this I, I think would would be huge for the program it would be one of the this along with the Michigan State game and, and the Notre Dame game as well one of the few really big bright spots um in a season that has had several big time downers.
2: Yeah, I would agree with all that. And, and it's it's something too where like I said, I, I know listen, Alabama is is terrific and they've got talent everywhere. And something else that um I, I'm kind of glad that I'm here early to be at some of these other events because you see players from both teams and especially today, like where players were literally walking side by side from each team with each other. There's not like Alabama's not really bigger than Michigan. Um, there's not like mm. a size advantage. I mean, I, yeah. I think both teams from a strength and, and, you know, standpoint, I think it's, you know, pretty comparable. Uh, so I think, you know, for some of the people that were worried that you know, Michigan's strength program isn't up to par, um, I think they're where they need to be there. Um, teams like Alabama just have better players. And the only way you play yourself into a situation where you can get better players at this point, uh, because, you know, the the momentum of Harbaugh being hired at Michigan on the recruiting trail is gone because he's been here and they haven't won as much. So they're still, they're treading water. They're doing fine. But in order to get those big time players you need to beat teams that have big time players. And again, I don't I don't know I don't in most cases I don't think a bowl game would do much to change the perception of your program, but let's call this what it is. So, when Toe meets leather on Wednesday afternoon, Michigan's going to play Alabama who, you know, outside of, you know, they're not in the college football playoff for the first time. Like I said, they they are, despite not being there, they are the gold standard for college football sustainable success. Um, they are every right. bit the dynasty that um, you know. They they are basically a modern day UCLA basketball. Everyone's going to come into this game. The nation is going to come into this game to do two things: they will tweet roll tide, and they will hate watch Michigan football. And and one of the players I forget who said this, but. Um, I think it may have been uh, Cam McGrone said this earlier uh, on Monday. He said, "The only way for us to shut people up is to just win the game." You know, if Michigan comes out and beats Alabama, like I said, that's that's not to me that's not an insignificant bowl victory. Like, and I won't call it a must-win because you know a must-win would suggest that you know a loss would change the outlook or the trajectory of the program. It won't. They're expected to lose. I would pick them to lose. Um, If they lose, you know, they it changes nothing about the way I view them right now. Um, And I'm not, you know, we'll be having the same. All it will be is a renewal of the conversations that we had on this podcast and that fans had three or four weeks ago. But if you win the game, it's it is momentum. Um, Just like when you beat Florida in the, the last time you were here in Orlando. I know momentum doesn't quite exist from season to season, but if you can finish your season with a win with this win and go into spring football with most of this team coming back, I don't see how that's anything like that is a hundred percent. That is momentum and a step in the right direction. And something to me that shows, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't vindicate the setbacks that they had this year at Wisconsin, at Penn state against Ohio state, but it shows that some of that, that those steps back and, and, I've said this before on here, that those philosophical changes that they've made were worth it. Um, I still have questions as to whether, you know, about their preparation and um, their approach in these types of games. But like I said, if they can go out and win it, it's not a total perception changer, but it is some validity to the fact that, you know, Jim Harbaugh still has this thing going in the right direction.
3: Right. And and even so, I think I do think to a certain extent, finishing the year strong uh, helps in the very least. And these are meaningless in the long run. But as far as rankings, the next season and you brought it up a little bit, Anthony, that, yes, they'll, they'll lose Patterson but they still have what a lot of people seem to believe is going to be two pretty capable quarterbacks coming back, but they're going to have a majority of their football team back next season. And with the exception of having to go to to Columbus, which at this point, playing Ohio State, you could play in somebody's backyard. You know, it it doesn't, I feel like the home away advantage has kind of ceased in that game with the way Ohio State's dominated. But with the exception of that, that's a pretty favorable Michigan schedule next season. And they're going to be preseason top 10, probably even a little bit higher. And a win here could propel them into potentially because you look at next season, I could see a lot of voters preseason saying, hey, you know what? That's a team that beat Bama at the end of last year. And we we end up seeing Michigan ranked way too high once again. But I, so I, I agree in that aspect that you brought up, that this is going to be almost an audition for the team that a lot of people are going to want to see next season
0: and lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky
2: in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
1: See, this offense in two straight games go up against two really good defenses. Like, Michigan offensively didn't have really a problem against Ohio State. Um, They stalled on a few drives and, you know, the turnover from Shea where he he dropped the snap and whatnot. But for the most part, they were successful offensively. And if they can duplicate that against Alabama, like you said, Anthony, I think the, the philosophical change, like, it's going to start showing more dividends. You know, Ohio State defensively, for a long time in that semifinal game, absolutely shut down Clemson. Michigan was able to move the ball on Ohio State. I don't want to say with ease, but compared to everyone else who played Ohio State with relative ease, so they went toe to toe with
2: them. I'd, I'd go as far to say for the first you know, yeah. 24 the first half first 24 25 yeah. minutes of the game. They were right there with them. Now defensively, I mean, if, like, if, that's if they, a different if, story. But like,
3: if they don't fumble a if they don't fumble a snap, I mean, we're look we're still looking at a. And look, that game was that game was terrible. But I'm just saying, if you may, much like the year before, even if they don't fumble the snap, I mean, Michigan we're looking at a one score game at the end of the first
1: right. half. Yeah, absolutely. Like Michigan moved the ball on them, and if they can duplicate that against Alabama, I think. Like you said, it, you know, maybe momentum doesn't really exist from season to season, but I think you can carry some of that over, especially like you guys have mentioned, all the players yeah. returning. and I don't know who's gonna play quarterback next season. I do love uh, though Anthony, the uh, the quote that I think you tweeted out here today from Joe Milton uh, about uh, why he chose Michigan and he he wanted to play in this in the snow, so he didn't have to see it for the first time when he got to the NFL. I love that kid's confidence, man.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't a tweet. It was you know you're costing us revenue here, man. It's it's an article. Go oh, read the article sorry. over sorry. at uh, yes yes yes. <laughs> um, I, well, I quote tweeted you. That's why I know. I you know. know. I'm just giving you a hard time. But yes, <laughs> go go click on the article. Pay me. Pay my pay for my trip here, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know who's going to start at quarterback. I know that, like I said, I think whoever it winds up being, it's again not to get too off too far off on a tangent here, but. Um, I think it could determine the direction that the offense goes in where, you know, in terms of, and I'm not comparing it to these guys, but there is a bit of an Ohio state influence to this offense because Ed Warner's on the staff. I could see like, if it's still a McCaffrey, I could see him be more, uh, you know, think people say, Oh, he needs to improve as a passer. Well, no, you just scheme around that. He'd be more of a JT Barrett type of guy where maybe Joe Milton is more of like Cardale Jones, a guy that you're just, you know, launching the ball down the field. So, again, it's hard to it's hard to project where things are going there. But, like I said, of the problems that this team – like, I – to me, I'm for, far more concerned about, you know, like going into next year, say, um, defensive line uh, up front – or the guys in the middle. Uh, offensive line, you're going to lose four. Uh, you're going to lose th- at least three starters, maybe a fourth. Uh, there's – A little bit of buzz that Cesar Ruiz may be leaning towards coming or entering the NFL draft. So, like I said, I would – of the concerns that they'll have for next year, and again, some of those, like this is – I said this in a radio hit earlier. What this bowl game serves as, I mean, it's – it is the epilogue of this season in that it doesn't really affect what this season was. But it can also be – It's also serves – because you have those extra bowl practices, it's the the prologue for what what comes next. So, um, you know, something I look at in these games is, you know, the young guys that that you will see – like, you will see a fair amount of them uh, on the field um, on Wednesday. So, like I said, uh, this Alabama team, like, like, it's interesting. You look at – and again – they have a ton of pro talent all over the field, but it seems like you know most of the time we're talking about Alabama, and it's like you know five, six, seven defenders that we're talking going in the first, second, third rounds. It's a little bit different in that you look at they've got you know two two offensive tackles, two wide receivers, uh, Najee Harris. Tua obviously isn't going to play, but a pro prospect. I think that I think that you can move the ball on this team. I do. And I believe statistically, this was Nick Saban's worst defense. It, it was like by far, yeah. So, like I said, like if Michigan comes ready to play, which again is always my concern when they get away from the big house, this could be a shootout because at this point, let's just be frank: when they play good offensive teams, I don't expect Don Brown to to do to be reliable in that scenario. So. They're going yeah. to have to score. Um, and I think like
1: that, unless unless you're putting Dax on Jerry Judy, I don't know who on Michigan's defense can, like, keep up with him speed wise.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could keep up with Jerry Judy, but then you've got Henry Ruggs and then you've got. Right. Um, you know, Naj, you know, Cameron made the comment, um, you know, he's the guy that's going to be, you know, he's going to have to, you know, Fill some running lanes and tackle Najee Harris. Najee Harris is bigger than Cam McGrone is as a running back. So, like I said, um, there could be a lot of points scored in this game. And if Michigan isn't able to, um, now people, you know, people say, "Oh, there's going to be a drop off from Tua to Mac Jones." Obviously, like when Tua is healthy, um, you know he's pushing for being, you know, the number one pick in the draft. But they still put up a, a lot of points against Auburn, too. So, like I said, there's going to be points scored in this game. And even if Michigan isn't able to score, I don't think Alabama will hesitate running it up. So um, you better you better come ready for a shootout. And that's that's a concern I have right now. Um, you know, But we'll see what happens. Well, well let me ask you guys this, because
1: I know you mentioned the draft. Who for Michigan that is playing in this game has the biggest chance to improve their draft stock? Like, who can make the biggest jump in their draft stock if, in this game, if anyone, for Michigan?
3: I'll I'll answer this first because I think we might have the same response. Um, the one I think that comes to mind right away, right away to me is Nico Collins. I, I think Nico Collins is a player whose numbers – do not reflect his talent. He had a good year, had a very good year. And in the second half was just, was money. Uh, Had that monster game against Indiana, but didn't make first, second, or third team Um, all-conference. Despite being a, I feel like, at least a first or second all-conference talent. And and when I think of Michigan's stock Going up as far as receivers and bowl games, this has happened quite a few times. You have uh, Braylon in the 2005 Rose Bowl. You have David Terrell in the against Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. Both uh, Adrian Arrington and Mario Manningham stock rose after or during and after the 2008 Capital One Bowl. So I could see Michigan in a in a. The final game of the year situation, airing it out, and you see somebody like Aniko Collins go for eight catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns on a big stage, which, I, yes, I know this is not the game Michigan wants to be playing in. This is still a big stage, and it still is considered to be a big game and, and close to a top-tier bowl game that a lot of eyeballs are going to be on. I could see him putting up big numbers and catapulting himself to a guy who gets drafted or you know early in the first round or first or second round.
2: Yeah, I'll give you two guys. I mean, what do like, you think, Anthony? I- I'll give you I'll give you two. Um, I'm going to stay with the wide receiver room, but it's actually Donovan Peoples-Jones for me. Yeah. Um, because of the two, I kind of think that he might be the one that's – it's weird to say because Nico Collins, I think, is the better player. But of the two guys more likely to come out, um, I don't know if Donovan Peoples-Jones – like if I'm Peoples-Jones, I won – like with the injuries he's had – I wonder if he he like if he has a big game against Alabama. Yeah, that's a that's a guy I think it's almost a lock that he comes out because of the injuries because obviously, you know, these guys saw the yard the casualty of the offense and having too many good wide receivers um, he lost one of the transfer portal already in, in Tariq Black and that's like I said, I don't think that's a big loss I'm just saying it's a numbers game. Um, there's not necessarily a guy that's going to be a 70 or 80 catch guy. In this system, in this offense, uh, even you know Nico Collins, we're looking at a guy who had four or five catches a game. It needed to be more than that, but that's not what the production was. Um, because of his playmaking ability, because he has the ability to return kicks, um, I would say Peoples Jones would be one to watch. I talked about Ruiz earlier. Um, regardless of what you might of, of what people might think about Alabama's defense, if he holds up well against that front, because you know that. Alabama is always going to have a big physical athletic front four or front, you know, front defensive line, whatever it is. Um, It it probably makes it, um, you know, that's going to, that's going to help his draft stock too. Not, it's not like they're, they're not necessarily playing an NFL team, but they are like whenever Alabama plays a lot of NFL scouts will be watching. And and I have, I'm pretty sure whenever we wind up getting this media list, when we arrive at the stadium on Wednesday, I'm pretty sure most every team will be there. Uh, you'd have to think at least, you know, 25 NFL teams will be there for this. Um, that might be overshooting a bit because these guys have film already. But um, you know, anybody who's considering coming out, it's not a hot take to say yeah it could it could be big for them if they have a big day in this game. So um, you know, I think Shea Patterson needs to have a good game. Um, he's already yeah. heading, heading to the Senior Bowl. But, uh, you know, if he if he plays well, like you're, you're talking about getting the ball rolling on maybe being, um, you know, I'm not seeing him really on draft boards at all right now. Um, so if you can get yourself. Well, well,
1: don't forget it. It took it took one
2: drive in the senior bowl to get Daniel Jones drafted third overall. So, well, you know, that, here's the thing about Daniel Jones. And I actually like for the most like I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I thought for the most part this year when he played, he was like fine, given the fact he played under Pat Shermer and with the Giants. But <laughs> that was his stock was also boosted by, like, basically being um, – he was basically handpicked by the Mannings to be Eli's successor. So – but, yes. Yeah. Also annoying.
3: And he's also well, – but he's also another guy who had a monster bowl game as well
2: that improved his stock. Again, like, people say, oh, one game shouldn't matter. To some people, it will. Um, especially – like I said, a lot of people are going to be watching this game you're not only, you know, I don't want to say that like draft Twitter or draft analysts, like play into this, into the decisions of, um, you know, what NFL teams do, but there are young enough scouts now that know how to use the internet where if they see a lot of people talking about a kid that they maybe not have thoroughly researched, they're going to look into him and they will like NFL teams. I mean, the information that they have is stupid. It's, they almost—they're almost the NSA when it comes to what they know about these prospects, but um, yeah, people will be watching. So uh, if if anyone has a good game, yeah, someone will take notice of it. I, so
1: I honestly think that Lavert Hill's got a big opportunity here because I think he's like a day three guy right now, probably. Like I think he could move up to a couple rounds to being a day two guy you know we do we talked about this receiving core for Alabama if he has a good game going up against these receivers and proves that when he wants to he can like kind of lock these guys down I think LeVert Hill's got a really big opportunity in this game
2: yeah I mean Judy's probably gonna be a top 10 top 5 pick Rugs probably be top 20 picks so yeah I I <laughs> I mean, I know he's not, he's not eligible to play in the NFL, but another guy who could kind of put himself onto a watch list for next year, Vincent Gray, uh, is someone that I don't mm. think he was very, particularly good this year. Um, I thought he was just okay to like average at times. But, you know, again, any, like I said, you go through and you look at, like, Alabama's resume doesn't ne- necessarily match what its talent is but when you go through and you look at all these matchups on the field um there's uh, not just for the guys that could come out this year for the guys that could come out next year like this is a game that will get you noticed so um like I said I'm just I'm excited to see who steps up and and um who maybe I, I don't want to say I'm excited to see who doesn't but um I'm just ready to see how this Michigan team matches up because we think we think we know about the talent gap between them and ohio state but is it just an ohio state thing or is it a between the ears and execution thing again i think it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b but um, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens i mean if you're if you're a good team you're gonna go out and at least compete in this game and i think you know as we kind of um you know, transition into whatever we're talking about next here i think when we we Ask ourselves what our expectation for this game is. I just I would just like to see them go out and compete. Um, It sounds like a loser's mentality, but if you could if you could cover that spread, which I think is up to I think it's over seven now. I think it's at seven and a half or something like that. But if you keep it to a one score game against Alabama, like I said, it's um, it doesn't that wouldn't necessarily change how I feel about them one way or another. I still. I'm somewhat optimistic that they're on the right track. Winning this game would make me absolutely optimistic that, after hitting the reset button, they're kind of back on the right track. But um, at the same time, we'll just have to go out and and see how this all plays out. Um, Anyone that people have been asking me for weeks how I think this game is going to go. I honestly, I could see it going in in every possible direction on either side of it. Wouldn't be surprised if Alabama came out and was disengaged like Michigan was. Against Florida last year, wouldn't be surprised if Alabama came out and was pissed off and and put up sixty on Michigan. Nothing would surprise me, uh, and it wouldn't. It also wouldn't surprise me if we're talking about how this could be a shootout, how it ends up being like a you know a twenty four twenty one type of game too. So we'll see what happens. Chris, give me your
1: final thoughts on the game.
3: Yeah, I, look, I don't think I would be actually a bit surprised if. Michigan were to get blown out in this thing. I, I understand. And look, Bama is amazing, and I've been uh, very as vocal as anyone talking about my uh, discontent when I heard that this matchup was announced. But I think there's a certain amount of pride in this Michigan team. We've seen them fight hard all year, and, uh, it, despite the disappointment. They... They scratched and clawed their way back against Penn State and fell short, and pretty much the football they played after that was spectacular all up until the Ohio State game, which was a game where they shot themselves in the foot, but it, it, like I've said before, I think that game over these last couple of years has had more to do with what Ohio State's done right as opposed to what Michigan's done wrong, and they, they ran into an absolute buzzsaw. They've had a month to prepare. Uh, they seem to be, well, eh, maybe not with 1-4 and some of these guys, but are yeah, the guys who... We're a little bit banged up. Seem to be a bit healthier than they were, um, and it is a big opportunity. I still think they're going to fall short. I, I don't think it'll be particularly close, but I'm I'm with Anthony. Uh, it, it wouldn't shock me. It would shock me if they won. But uh, there's so many different ways I think this game could go, because especially with bowl games, you do not know how engaged w- uh, a team is going to be in co- coming into this. You don't know how maybe. This is going to be an example of Alabama losing to Auburn twice. It's happened before. And maybe this will be an example of Michigan losing to Ohio State twice. We don't know. We're we're going to find out. I do think it'll be a rem- remotely competitive game at least for the first half, but I'm I'm pretty sure Bama's going to pull away and win by a substantial amount.
1: I just hope Michigan shows up and competes, man. I'm I'm with Anthony on that one. Just show up and compete just not
2: like last year for the love right. of god. No, yeah. and, and right. for what it's worth and again, it's not like I've been buddying, buddying, you know, being buddies with players the last few days. And I didn't see practice, but for what it's worth, since the Ohio State game, it's felt like this team is excited for this challenge. Whereas last year was, last year was a death march. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, fan base was depressed. Um, no, this is this is the opposite of that. I think the fans are ready for this game. I don't think, like I said. In And one final thought about Bama, too. Does this kind of feel like a game where, um, you know, they're still at the top of the mountain, but do you feel like they lose this game, their, their stranglehold on college football might be teetering a little bit, or it, would this just kind of be a misnomer?
1: I think that there are a couple programs finally starting to catch up that I think can sustain it.
2: Yeah, obviously Ohio State, Clemson, but...
1: Um, Clemson more so, I think LSU's got a real chance to – see, LSU being good, that's the thing, man, is that Alabama, for for the most part, was pretty untested. They lost a couple of games to Auburn here and there, you know, every couple of years or something like that. But Auburn never really could, I don't think, push them, especially in recruiting. I think LSU can. And that's going to take a big chunk out of Alabama. Alabama is still going to be a national championship contender, but we're—I don't think—I think we're done seeing the dominance across the entire landscape that we have well, for not, the better part of the last decade.
2: Let me say this about LSU: is that I, I kind of think as—and again, I don't have recruiting rankings in front of me. I don't have the rosters in front of me. But you know what? The difference between. A team like Michigan, in and in a, it's going to be very simple. I don't even know why I'm setting it up like this. Difference between Michigan and LSU, and LSU is that Michigan has Shea Patterson, who's just like okay, and okay to good. And LSU just had a guy who had arguably the best college football quarterback season of all time. That's why yes. LSU was good this year. And that's to me, that's how razor thin the margin is in college football right now. If you have a star at quarterback. Everyone keeps asking how Michigan can turn the corner. That's the easiest way to do it, honestly. Well, but not the well, easiest to big, way. Well, to piggyback it, on that point. Oh God, you can finish. No, I I say, just it's, wanna... not, it's not the easiest thing to do, but like that's again, when you're looking for solutions, a, 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 tra- a, a talent c- that can transcend the flaws that your team might have as a football team. That's what Michigan lacks right now. It, um, well, I think I'm finally done. Like to, you're good. <laughs>
1: To, to your point, though, like I, just to put this in there real quick, you, we just talked about Auburn. The only reason Auburn was ever even able to recruit at a spot that they could compete with Alabama is because they ended up getting Cam Newton for one year. That led his team to a national championship. That the only other NFL player that played in that season was Nick Fairley. You know, so that yeah. it literally is that.
2: Yeah. Well, people. Be, I think people bemoan the transfer process and and, and the tran. You know. It's funny that people uh, would crap all over Harbaugh for transfer quarterbacks, but three of the four Heisman contenders this year started their careers at a different school. So, like, that's kind of, if you have a guy that you want to go get and you think can better your program, go get him. Like, recruits and and results be damned. Like, yeah, they're going to transfer somewhere else too, but, um, like I said, did I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Brandon Peters transferring out of Michigan, like, hurt them or or hurt the position or anything like that. Like that's, it's kind of just what college football is now. And it's what people praised Jim Harbaugh for when he got to Michigan was, Hey, this guy believes in competition, you know, roll the balls out there and and let the guys decide the more good players you have, the more lotto tickets you have, the more, the higher chance you have on to hitting on one of those lotto tickets. And that's why it is so important that in certain spots, they need, they need to start recruiting better and, and, I'll say it at times, not be so disengaged on the trail. It seems like they've settled on things at times the last few years. That's just my opinion. I know they're high on the guys they have. But uh, the fact of the matter is, hot take, when you have good players and you have a lot of good players, you you have a pretty good chance of being a better football team. So that's uh, that's all I have to say.
1: Anthony, I'll le- or excuse me, Chris, I'll let you get the uh, the final word in here.
3: Well, yeah, you I you just brought up a good point about Bama. I think what it's going to take for their dynasty to really be in jeopardy or end, you know, obviously there's been years where it's been interrupted, like this year, 2013, the miracle loss to Auburn is going to be a team in conference that you know comes out of not comes out of nowhere but rises up and kind of. Uh, beats them in recruiting, and LSU was kind of that team this year. But for the longest time, you know, Miami ruled the Big East slash ACC, and and, uh, Beamer Ball came along, and Virginia Tech kind of dominated there for a little bit, as did Florida State. Uh, The USC was a a dynasty for a long time. Then Oregon with Chip Kelly kind of got – got things rolling they started to recruit better they want some championships and for some reason usc just hasn't seemed to recover from that since then so i feel like that's probably what it's going to take and who may who knows maybe a game like this will be something that can interrupt that dynasty and we'll finally find a crack in the armor uh that is alabama and hopefully michigan can pull out what would be uh what this would be the biggest win of the harbaugh era right if they were able to win this
1: yeah i would say
3: yeah so. okay so yeah we they have that to look forward to possibly
1: all right, Chris, give us where we can find you on social media.
3: Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at castellani A N I two o one four. Got a few more days of uh, video frenzy coming up. We got a Michigan football post game coming up on uh, January 1st. We got one more video tomorrow uh, recapping my top ten favorite films of the decade. By the time you listen to this, it'll probably already be uploaded. So, spoiler alert, it's Whiplash. Uh, you can find me on Snapchat at Castellani2014 as well. And if you want to see me on Instagram, that's ChrisCastell95, that's C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please follow me on all of those platforms.
2: Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at AnthonyTBroom. Most importantly, though, you can find the website on Twitter at Maison Brew. You can follow us on Instagram. Yes, Instagram. I'm going to start pushing that at Maze and brew sbn we'll be posting uh behind the scenes stuff from orlando throughout the week trying to go grow that page a little more and while you're at it why don't you go leave us a five-star review on on itunes or i'm sorry apple google spotify wherever you get your shows it would help us a lot it'd be the world to me uh to me personally I, I can't speak for anyone else but uh yeah um excited for the rest of the week See what happens. Uh, I'm going to enjoy uh, the warm weather.
1: You guys do that. I'm dealing with a lot of snow here. But as Anthony said, go leave us a review. You know, we, we'd we appreciate the five-star review. And honestly, you don't even have to say anything about the show. You, you can just type gibberish in the review. We don't care. Just leave a review out there. It helps us a lot. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And also make sure you follow us. Follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page at Brewcast Show. So that's going to do it for us here today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review. Leave those reviews for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching "Mesa Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.